Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah, yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into a special edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Judd Zolgad, as you can see, Declan Goff joining me. And uh, if you're watching this on the live stream, you might be saying to yourself, what's going on, guys? What why are you Why are you on a live stream with Judd's Hockey Show? What the heck? That's because uh, we both got home tonight, Declan. We probably turned on the Timberwolves and Raptors and I thought did. it's going to be a slow night. And then saw the news Bob McKenzie broke and has now been confirmed. The Minnesota Wild has traded Jason Zucker to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That in itself is not a surprise. Uh, but what they got back is very intriguing. They, they got back uh, center slash left wing Alex Galchenyuk, a veteran 25-year-old player, a young defenseman prospect by the name of Kalen Addison, who's playing junior hockey, Declan, and a conditional first-round selection that they're going to get in 2020 because it's conditional on the Penguins. If they miss the playoffs this year, the Wild would get that pick in 2021. Well, Pittsburgh is second in the Metropolitan Division. They aren't going to miss the playoffs. And uh, two people that I would like to... Pay homage to right now, Declan Goff. Number one, Billy Guerin. You know, I thought Gerson Rosas did a great job. Whoo! Billy Guerin, you outdid yourself. You went to your former employer. You got Galchenyuk, who was disappointing this year with Pittsburgh after coming over from the Arizona Coyotes, spent much of his career in Montreal, but still a center slash left wing who gives you center depth. And you got him for a look-see for sure. You pick up a prospect defenseman who was thought of very highly by the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then a first-round pick. So Bill Guerin is number one on my list. Number two is Declan Goff, because <laughs> if you recall back, what, now a month ago? Yeah, three about weeks a month, ago? about three weeks ago. So you, you've you been writing what we consider here at Score North to be reckless trade speculation when it comes to the Wild. We've been discussing it, too, on Judd's Hockey Show, but you've been also doing stories for scorenorth.com. And you didn't have the young defenseman in, but I think besides, if unless I'm mistaken here, full disclosure on your part, you called this. You said Zucker for a first-round pick. Galchenyuk, you called exactly right. And as I recall, you might have even taken heat by people saying, that's crazy. So Go ahead. Floor yeah, is yours. Yes, I, I, I thought that Galchenyuk and the first-round pick would be at least the starter. And I understood also, though, that just that on the surface, those two commodities, the pick and Galchenyuk, were probably going to be less than stellar returns. So that's why even I include at the bottom that I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Garrett says, you know what, yes, I'll take I'll take Galchenyuk off your hands, who's having a bad year, but I also want X prox- prospect in return, Okay, which is what he was able to do. Now, I am a little surprised he got basically their top prospect from some metrics. I know the athletics, Corey Pullman had his as the, him as the, the Penguins top prospect. So 
Addison's a pretty good defenseman. But, I mean, yes, as much as I'm wrong, which you know how much I can be wrong, this is one of the few times that I was actually correct. Yeah, and this is uh, – so let's start with the trade. The trade on its surface is not surprising, right? Because th- there had been rumors that uh, that the Wild was shopping Zucker. Of course, this goes back to last year with Paul Fenton, who had a trade – uh, completed at the deadline a year ago with Calgary that fell through because paperwork didn't get through in time, and I believe the speculation or rumors at that point were that Calgary actually botched the paperwork. So that was trade one that didn't get through. Fenton tried again at in the summer to trade Zucker, if I'm not mistaken, and had a deal with Pittsburgh at that time worked out, which, by the way, uh, Bill Guerin was then on the Pittsburgh staff. Phil Kessel for Jason Zucker, a, a swap of veteran players, and uh, Phil Kessel, who had a no-trade provision, blocked that trade, ends up going to the Arizona Coyotes. Jason stays put here. So this is at least trade number three. Uh, I think the writing was on the wall decks at the game that we were at, if I'm not mistaken, it happened against Chicago last week, where Jason was moved from, I believe, the second line to the fourth line, played a couple games on the fourth line uh, aside on the left wing of Miko Koivu, and then on Sunday started the game against Colorado on the fourth line. See, now, personally, I thought he brooded through that game, but then about halfway through with a wild trailing and desperate for a goal, Boudreaux moved him back up to the second line where he did have some scoring opportunities. But long story short, I didn't think Jason handled the demotion, and I guess I'm not surprised to the fourth line well, and that seemed to me to be the writing on the wall that something was going to happen. And so uh, the, the fact that the Wild's going to get a look-see at Galchenyuk, possibly at center is my guess, I don't see the lose here. And I see this both ways, too. Jason Zucker is probably going to go to Pittsburgh and replace Mike Gensel, like on Sidney Crosby's wing. Jake, Jake Gensel. Or Jake Gensel. Mike Gensel's playing Mike, for the Penguins. we got Mike bigger Gensel, problems. Mike Gensel is his father, and I'm an old man. Um, but, yeah, Jake Gensel, who got hurt, Jason Zucker is going to go probably replace him with Crosby, and he might be fantastic here. So as far as I can tell across the board, this is a win-win-win for the Zuckers, for Pittsburgh, for the Wild, for everybody. Exactly. And we have also seen, I think, Bill Guerin, the Wild's first-year general manager, really, I think, assert his authority into the lineup maybe a little more than we're accustomed to from Roman GM. We saw that with Victor Rask, what, two months ago. Uh, where he was flirting in the top six, and then through all of January, Victor Rask was playing in the top six when pretty much in any other typical hockey world, with the way he was playing, he should have had no business being in the lineup, let alone being in your top six. Right. So I think Bill Guerin has an influence on this lineup a little bit more, and whether that is Boudreaux being obliged to it, whether that's him being against it, whether then both of them are coexisting on trying to figure out what hockey team they have in here. I'm not sure which avenue I want to take, but I do think Bill Guerin has a lot of say in what goes down on this lineup, maybe more than your typical GM, and he wants to see what players can do. And, you know, Kevin Fiala is getting elevated minutes. Ryan Donato now hopefully is done being a healthy scratch, knock on wood. You want to see these young players and, and what you have in this team going forward. Yes. And Galchenyak, yes, is having a down season. Just across the board, he is having a very rough go of it in those in his first 45 games in Pittsburgh. Just kind of to run down what he's been doing um, so far in, in, his, in his season debut with the Penguins. The numbers have not been pretty. In 45 games this year, he only has five goals and 12 assists. He's a negative seven on the ice. Uh, his points per game, his goals per game, his assists per game, his minutes per game, all career lows right now. But 
I think the most important thing to keep in mind is he is still just 25, will be 26 years old tomorrow. Yep. I think he's the 12th. Uh, on Wednesday, he will be 26 years old. So even though the prospect, uh, Addison, and the first-round pick are probably the sexy options here, I don't think we can just absolutely rule out Alex Yalchenyak not being a factor into the Wilds' long-term plans just because he's had a rough go of it. He's 25. What's and his he, contract like right now, too? He'll be a UFA this summer. Okay. So this yeah. is a former 30-goal so store. The Wild have, inqui- have inquired about this guy in years past. Remember that they, I think it was in the 2016 draft, also when they kicked the tires with my guy RNH with Edmonton, they also kicked yeah. the tires with Galchenyak when he was trying to get out of Montreal the first time. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a player that the ownership is familiar with, whether it's been from Fenton uh, to Fletcher to, to Guerin. I think the Wild have been fascinated by this guy. And also because he's a UFA and he's making, I believe, just under $5 million this season, He's not going to break the bank this summer. If anything, he's going to take either a prove-it deal or an extremely team-friendly deal. So let's not rule out that Alex Galchenyuk cannot be part of the Wilds' long-term future. And he can play center, and this team is starved at that position right now. This all makes sense. Zucker, by the way, gets traded after uh, after having uh, in 45 games played for the Wild, 14 goals, 15 assists, 29 points, a minus three. And in his defense, too, he broke his leg. He came back, yeah, it's a tough not one. as good, and, and, it's a tough very thing, quick. and he came back very quick. So Jason was Jason did a, a lot of good things for this team. He was an ideal trade candidate because of uh, the, the fact that Kaprasov is going to be almost certainly now coming over from the KHL for the 2021 or 2021 season. You've got to create uh, space on the left wing. To your point from before, for this year, I don't want to see Ryan Donato below a top six again. <laughs> no, seriously, there's <laughs> I no agree reason with you, to. Man, I'm with you, and um. So there, there's a lot of reasons why this trade actually, if you're Bill Guerin, fits in perfectly. This sort of reminds me to, and obviously the playoff parameters here, price of poker playoff-wise is different. This reminds me to, and it's smart, of what Levine and, uh, and Falvey and Levine did a couple of years back when they went and got Jaime Garcia. And that sure. Twins team was sort of on the precipice of a playoff team, and they were in it. And then they were out of it, it seemed like, in late July as the trade deadline approached. And that's when they got Jaime Garcia for one start in Oakland. They then traded him. They traded Dozier. And a lot of fans were like, what are you doing? This is a playoff team, potentially. And that team eventually did come back. They got mad, actually, rebounded, and went to the uh, one-game playoff where they lost in Yankee Stadium. But the point then with that team is the same as this wild team, which is depth in your organization is far more important. So, like, if you're saying, well, they traded Zucker and got a late first-round pick, I don't care where that first-round pick is. You've not now got, what, at least two first-round yeah, picks. two at your disposal. Exactly right. So, yes, far more teams in this league make the playoffs. The Wild might be a fringe because they're, as we do this podcast, what, four points out of a playoff spot? Yep. So they might be an eighth playoff seed. I don't think that they are. But the point being is for anyone who's saying, well, this team had a chance, it's far smarter for an organization that, as far as I could tell, was depleted, Declan, to try and build things up right now. So if you can take one guy to market, and again, folks, be prepared. Jason Zucker might go play on Crosby's wing and be outstanding. So don't, enough, yeah. so don't get all mad when he's good. Be happy for him. Um, but if you can take that guy to market and get a first-round pick back, a young defenseman prospect back, and a look-see player like Galchenyak back, That is exactly what you should be doing now. This is not three years from now. This is now. This is the type of trade that this team desperately needs to, again, build up depth and reserve in the franchise. Let's kind of look at, too, what the perception of the Wild is right now. Uh, Let's go back to the summer. 
when Gearin was hired and we had, were going through training camp. And I think the initial thoughts on the Wild were the exact same that worked last year, which was probably fringe playoff team, probably that 10th team in the West, not bad enough to be horrible, not good enough to take a jump, middling. Middling, which is arguably the worst place to be in professional sports. Now they get off to that terrible start, right? In the first 10 games, they were the worst team in hockey. They, had, they were awful. Awful. I think all of us saw, too, that they really aren't this bad. No matter how bad you want them to be the Devils or the, or the Red Wings right now, those two franchises and those two teams are horrible hockey teams. Say what you will about the Wild. They are not as bad as those teams. Mm-hmm. They go on a run. They kind of get your hopes up. They do the wild roller coasters, I like to call it, where they'll go through swoons and, and, and spells of really In good play. because the goaltending so wildly inconsistent. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and then I think also if the Wild were going to take a step up, it was the young players, the Fialas, the Greenways, the Cunnins, the X, taking significant step forward to kind of offset the older veterans on this team since it's one of the older rosters. And we have now gone through all of those motions that I just talked about. The lowest of lows, the highest of highs, the middling. And where I think the Wild are right now, if you're four points out of a playoff spot with about 30 games left to play, and you're now selling off arguably one of your top assets while still also getting good for the long term, tells me that this isn't a long rebuild. This is not the Devils. This is not the Red Wings. This is about getting ready for Kirill Kaprizov to hopefully come over here in the summer you're creating a little bit of more cap space flexibility. You still don't have a ton going into this summer, but two summers from now you do. Yep. This rebuild, if you're if you're look if you're a wild fan and you're thinking, well, what what do I have to watch for and when is this team ever going to be good again? I I think I can confidently say a year from now, so February 10th of 2021, this is a team that probably should be a little bit better than where they are and probably in the playoff race if Kaprizov is here and you hit in free agency and the young kids continue to develop. I think this is a good place for the wild to be in right now. Yeah, I was going to say, what do they need? I mean, clearly goaltending. Yeah. The, the goaltending has been subpar. Yes. It's got to be more consistent. Subpar. Yeah, it's got to be better. Um, but I like this thing, too, of taking a, a look at players. And you know what, too? Let's cut to the chase. On Sunday against the Avs in what was a crucial game, by the way, against a very good team. That's a fantastic team. Eric Stahl looked 78 years old, too. Hmm. Like, there's a lot of things here, but they can be replaced. They're They're not... This is, you're right. This is not a five year plan. No. This is a plan where I don't know that you're a playoff team next season, but I think you're competitive. And in a couple of years, you are for sure a, a playoff contender. And what you need to do is you need to keep adding to the franchise, the organizational depth, because that's been down. Yeah. You know, this team, for as many times as Chuck Fletcher tried to make a run for things, right? Oh, this is going to be, and we were all behind it at, at the time in Fletcher's defense. For as many times as Chuck did that, what did Chuck have to do? He had to trade draft picks. This team had years where they didn't have draft picks. Now they've got two first-round picks. Now they, they've got a prospect defenseman coming in. Now, what intrigues me here, and you, you brought this up when you walked in the door, and I think I uh, did an evening Judd in which I mentioned this earlier tonight, too. What intrigues me a lot here is, and you speculated about this, Declan, I don't think they're done, and I think we're going to see a regular defenseman traded next because why would you add a really good quality prospect defenseman unless you probably are going to think of flipping one of your veteran defensemen who by the way again and and i think the key word here because they got it tonight for zucker and they'll get it again if they trade and i'm not pro trading dumba but if they trade a dumba or brodine i think the key word is haul they'll get another haul they'll get a lot and i think they got a lot tonight so to your point i think we are 
uh, and the trade deadline, if I'm not mistaken, two weeks exactly from as we're talking right now, it's the 24th. Uh, I think we're looking at at least another deal by Billy Garen. I think it's so too. I, I know the deadline's still two weeks away, but with them getting Addison, another defenseman back in, that that top prospect, and with also, don't forget, Brennan Minnell and Louis Belpedio, who, look, might not amount to anything, but they're definitely touted and they're ready, I think, for an NHL look. And then you factor in, I think the most important part is Carson Soucy, who has been quiet over the last 20 games, but I think as a whole has surprised everyone. He probably might be the most, the biggest surprise on the Wilds roster this season. Yep. You have now three defensemen in Suter and Spurgeon, who are, you know aren't going anywhere due to their contracts. You have Carson Soucy taking a next step, and now you have three pretty legitimate prospects who are ready for the next step. That tells me that Brody and Dumba, whether it's just or not, are probably expendable. And if you're trying to create salary don't cap tell space, tell Lou Nanny that Brodine is expendable, Declan. Or actually, you know what? You go tell him. I don't want. To. I tried to tell I really him don't. last week. I got in trouble. So I think the way I I would look at it is next season going the opening night of of next year. And I've, I've said this too before uh, on a previous Judd's Hockey Show, which you can find wherever you find your podcast. I would be shocked if the Wild go into next year with their core four defensemen of Brodine, Suter, Dumba. And Spurgeon, I would just be shocked if all four of those guys were still I'm on totally the roster. And now, after this trade and getting a, pros- a a top defenseman prospect back from an organization like Pittsburgh, yes. who knows how to scout and knows what they're doing, well, and Bill Guerin very well probably scouted this kid exactly. So or had a look see. So I, I'm not too surprised that this happened. No, and in fact, I think you're a thousand percent right. And uh, I'm going to be shocked in two weeks if Brodine and Dumba. If both of them are here, I think one of them will be here. I think one is gone because Dex, you look down the list right now of contending teams who have lost defensemen. It's off the charts. What Seth Jones just got hurt for Columbus, right? Carolina is, is without uh, Dougie, Dougie Hamilton. Toronto's got about two or three guys banged up. I, I don't think that they'll do it, but if you would make a trade in your division, the Winnipeg Jets are in desperate need of blue line help. They're going to have to go get somebody from somewhere. But the point being is you've got a handful or more teams right now who probably see themselves as viable contenders that need a defenseman and will probably give you a really good return as far as draft picks and or prospects go. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think Brodine or Dumba. And I keep – so do you think teams want Dumba because he's got the offensive talent and right. it is a hard-to-find right-shot defenseman? or Brodeen, because Brodeen does bring you a stability that Matthew Dumba can't come close to. And, man, in a playoff series, wouldn't it be comforting to have Brodeen on, like, your second pairing? No, I'm serious, just as far as, because he doesn't, for the most part, he doesn't make mistakes. Right. I I think it depends what you are looking for. Um, If I'm I'm Toronto and I'm, I'm looking to supplement Morgan Riley's loss for a little bit longer, who should be back, I think, by March uh, with his injury, but you and also CC's out now for them too. Yep, and and but you also have the potential to have Morgan Rally and Matt Dumba, two right shot defensemen, locked up for years to come. I mean, it's hard to find one of them, and you could have two of them on your team. If you're Toronto, do you want to go all in on offense? Do you want Matt Dumba uh, playing alongside Morgan Rally with firepower up top? I mean, on paper, Toronto should be a lot better than what they are, but here they are, not very good. Or excuse me, not very good, but not reaching their full potential. Oh, no, I should say. To, Sorry. Yeah. No, I will not say they're not very good. They're a very they're good, good hockey team. They're good, but they're not. Close, they're not great. They have, they're not yes. great. And so, defense, and they, they do need defense. And help. if you want Jonas Brodin 
you're now you're not looking for a dynamic right shot defenseman. You're looking for a stay at home, steady blue liner who does everything right that you're not going to see in a box score. Yep. You're not going to be able to point out. Uh, it will take a trained hockey eye to really look and say, "Do you see what Brodeen just did there? Such That's a Manny. genius play." Yep. Do you want that guy? And also, do you want Brodeen? Uh, locked up through next year at four point one million, which is a reasonable price, but will be due for a hefty raise in about uh, fourteen months from now. Yep. Or do you want to take Matt Dumbo, whose value is at an all time low, but I still think can be that dynamic player that everyone's envisioned him being. Maybe not what he was last year when he had fourteen goals in thirty eight games, but you can find a ten uh, an offensive driven first defenseman. You have to weigh out the pros and cons and kind of look at what where is your team at right now. And Dumba's making six million a year, I think, through twenty twenty three. And if he lives up to even half the potential he is, I think that's worth the contract price. But the way Matt Dumba is producing right now, just and again, those box score numbers, he ain't worth $6 million a year. He really isn't, unfortunately. He has no, to be scoring points and scoring goals for him to be worth that contract. So if I'm a contending team right now, I think I go with Brodeen as my ask. Because Dumba, yeah, the, the potential's there. The problem with Matthew is that you are going to get, and this is going to be true if he's playing great, which he's not right now, but if he's playing great, he's going to make defensive mistakes. There's going to be lapses. And he's the type of guy who, if, man, in Toronto, couldn't you see him oh. in game six of a series doing something I know. silly? I know. Brodeen's not going, he's not going to do that. No, he won't. He's not going to do that. But, yeah, I don't I don't think with what this team had defensively in in their minors that they would have just taken a defenseman and been like, oh, throw him in. I think they foresee this kid probably bumping up near the top of their depth chart and getting a chance to make this team out of training camp next season. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think this was very much done so that it very well could trigger trade two. And I love the fact that Garen got this deal done now because it gives you plenty of time now to go back to all these teams who are going to be basically falling over themselves trying to get a defenseman and say, I got a couple options here. Make me offers. So play them off each other. I also don't think Garen will be in any position to be selling low on either of those defensemen. No, agreed. Dumba or Dumba or or Brodeen. Yep. Um I, I would I would say that I think Dumba becomes more marketable as the season progresses, i.e. you don't move him at the deadline and you probably move him on July first or on draft day. Brodeen to me is more someone you I think you have to trade at the deadline because I think his price will then drop because he will be in entering his rental season. Right. You get yes. going into next year. So yes. Brodeen's having also a very, even though we, we don't say he's a sexy player offensively, he is having a career year offensively. He mm-hmm. has points, he has career highs and points this year. He's, he's having a very good season. Um, so I, I do think Brodeen would probably be the next domino. The one guy we're not talking about and we haven't mentioned, and you're probably now just going to leave the room for me even bringing it up, is Marcus Foligno. What do you want to do with Marcus Foligno? I desperately want to keep him. I love what he brings to, to this team, to the room. I love the fact that he is my captain for 2020-21 because Koivu's not coming back. Uh, I think they've made it very clear. And I would, by the way, I would like to thank the Wild right now for making it clear that Miko Koivu won't be back. Because, uh, you know, when he was playing second line still, you're like, ah, oh, man, is hmm. Craig Leopold going to hold on to it? Bill Guerin pretty clearly, and I love this guy, he's pretty clearly coming and said, this is going to be done my way. And I don't know that Bruce Boudreaux was the guy who said, Miko, you're the fourth line guy. I think Guerin said, let's try the, these things, which, back to your point, Victor Rask, there's no way on God's green earth that Bruce <laughs> sat down with a napkin and like, 49, second line center, this is what I'm going to do. There's no way. Um, I think the Wild have said, you know what, Miko might play somewhere else, he might retire, but the transition's going to be made like this. We're going to bump him to the fourth line. And so 
Marcus Foligno to me is, is your captain in 2020-21 unless somebody, again, comes to you with an offer that knocks your socks off. I don't see that. I don't see somebody because my value on Foligno right now is so high that I don't think, I think when it comes to Brodeen, somebody's going to come to me and probably knock my socks off and I'm going to say, I can't turn that deal down. I think on Foligno, my value of him is higher than yours if you are, take your pick of the team. And so I don't think that the Wild's going to get an offer that they deem to be worth trading him for. Uh, Just back to Dumba for one second too. Just to be clear, I'd prefer not to trade him at all. I'd prefer to bring him, I think it's going to turn around next year. And yes, there's always going to be the boneheaded boneheaded defensive plays. Those aren't going to go away. But I think this guy's going to start to score again. This has been a miserable year. And what I like is he's still shooting. He's still doing what he can do well. It's not like he quit shooting. Um, so if I trade him on July 1st, I still think I'm not going to get what I want back for him. So my preference would be if you can get a haul for a a Brodine as much as this hurts Louis to hear, I trade Brodine. I wouldn't trade Dumba. And unless somebody comes to me and says, I am going to offer you the world for Marcus Foligno, I'm not going to trade him. That makes sense. And Foligno's been someone who has just gotten better with every year he's been in the wild. When he came here. You've seen him, Dex, in the room, though, too. Yeah. Like the room is what knocks. Do you know how many guys have we seen in that room? Seriously, the last five years, roll their eyes, hang their head and sort of get mad about, I just uh, what's going on here. Marcus Foligno sits at his locker, answers every question, and he's got that controlling presence, not in a bad way, but he's got that presence that you love. You're like, you get it. He has it. You're the captain. He has it. Right. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he that's hard it. to find. It is. No, There's veterans in that room who don't have near it. Right. And I don't care what players say about those guys. I mean, Miko is a very hard worker. I'm not trying to denigrate him. But you tell me that when you go around Marcus Foligno and Miko Koivu, you get the same, to your point, it or presence. You don't. Yeah, it's different. It's very different. And uh, it, Marcus Foligno's trade, would, it would have to blow you away. That's what I'm saying. Because and if you blow me away, then I'll talk to you. Because I think everyone in that locker room knows that a trade like this, so now Zucker has been traded, by the way. It's official. The Minnesota Wild have announced it. You're listening to Judd's Hockey Show. Thank you for hanging out with us. A little emergency podcast edition uh, as you're or listening to us. Too, right? Or streaming as Who's you're watching, watching our beautiful mugs on Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, I believe. So thank you again for everyone uh, find us on who was uh, hanging out with us this evening and watching it. Judd and I are so sick in the head we got home. We're this close to cracking our own adult beverages and then uh, decided, oh, we need to come back in. and, and I started to out. write, actually, and then I'm like, well, I want to write still, but let's talk about this. Exactly. And so with, with regarding trading someone like Felino, people know who is trade bait. You know, I think people know that. So if, if Garen walked in, let's say, tomorrow and then also said, hey, guys, tough day. I know Jason was a big part of this culture and a big part of this team. He's now gone. We're trying to move, make moves and go forward. I know some guys are obviously disappointed and rightfully so, but I do know that the majority of them and probably the smart ones know that, well, this is a business and I get that he was someone that probably could get moved. If you were going to trade Marcus Foligno, though. I'm, I know where you're going. That would be I'm a substantial blow to a very fragile locker room. Yeah, and I don't know who would pick up where he leaves off. And the thing with Jason, too, is the last few weeks, he's not happy. He's yeah. on the fourth line. His his comments that I believe uh, he made before the game on Sunday against Colorado, which were in Michael Russo's story in The Athletic, and I believe Sarah McClellan, the Star Tribune, and I'm, I'm guessing our friend Dave Mizzitani had these two in the St. Paul Pioneer Press. 
um, you know, we're basically like, I, I can't control this thing. I'm now playing for my teammates. I'm not going to worry about it. He just wasn't happy. And th- that's why I was surprised when Bruce promoted him a little bit to the second line during the course of the Avs game decks, because he seemed to me to be playing not with a chip on his shoulder, but uh, I'm just going to do what I do now. So if I... If I'm a friend of Jason's, I'm happy. Again, I think he's going to go thrive there. He's going to be very good. I think he's going to be great. And and don't come back to us and be like, oh, see, Zucker's done. You can, I might be playing with Sidney Crosby, okay, ladies and gentlemen? Sounds great to me. Exactly right. Sounds awesome. But this is a, just a great trade, I think, from all angles. And unless you were just a Zucker fan and, and had the 16 sweater, I don't see, if you're a Wild fan, how you can't be sitting there tonight saying, wow, mm-hmm. that's impressive. And let's be honest, the last, what, two weeks now or so? Or week, Gerson Rosas and Billy Guerin have done some impressive things here. They have. This is really impressive. I mean, Vikings, you're next. And as you know, I'm not the type of guy to uh, spew praise out unnecessarily. No, you don't give out praise. But this is really good. <laughs> I mean, the more I look at this trade, the Rosas trade, um, the twins, the twins are making deals. This yep. is a great time to be alive as a Minnesota sports fan. Literally, Vikings, you're next. Uh, the cousins, the twins. You, you're next. You like that? I do like that, Rick Spielman. Thanks for listening to Judd's Hockey Show on Score North. But I think also to kind of get back to Zucker, and maybe why would you trade this guy? Let's first maybe just briefly touch on, obviously the guy has a humongous impact in this community off the ice. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife Carly have done a lot for the Children's Hospital here and a lot for charities, and I know that this is probably a very tough sell and a tough day for that family, and, and that, that is a harsh reality of working, in, working and living in a professional athlete. And that, that's unfortunate, and I do feel for them. No one wants to be away from their kids and their wife. That's a tough day to be in, but it is sports. But yep. on paper, at least, let's kind of look in why Jason Zucker was moved. And I'm going to start two seasons ago when he had his career season, when he busted out for, I believe, what it was, 33 goals in 82 games, 64 points. He finally became the Jason Zucker we all thought he would be when he came out of the University of Denver in, I believe, the 2010 draft or so. And then right, what happened last year? He cooled off significantly. The shots per game were relatively the same, but he didn't get the same puck luck. So shot shooting percentage can ebb and flow like this, where you can be putting out the same amount of quantity and just hockey's a little bit random. Phil Mackey probably loves to hear that. It's random, and sometimes it just doesn't get the bounces that you want to go your way. So this year, what happens? Everything shoots for the moon back up. His, career, his shots actually dip, but he scores more goals. Yep. He's having career highs in goals per game, points per game, assists per game. He's essentially having another career season at age 28, while under contract, while a marketable asset. So when, if I'm Bill Guerin and I kind of look up and down the roster and I see no movement clauses, I see guys who, uh, young players who I'm not ready to trade yet or bail on, I have to pick which guys can get me back something. And Jason Zucker is that guy that can get you back something. So I know it's probably a tough sell for the state of hockey to see someone who is so charismatic and giving in the community and is a nice guy to root for go away. But Guerin kind of had no other option here. He has such limited assets to work with. And Zucker just got back what I think and we won't know really for, I guess, a few years what the return really will look like. But I think a very reasonable return for a guy who's a very established winger in the NHL. Like it or not, Jason had to go. Kaprasov's coming. He plays left wing, correct? Yes. Like you've got to clear out spaces. Ryan Donato has to play. He has to play. He has to play top six right now. You've got to find out. This is all about if the Wild makes the playoffs, that's fine. I really don't care. I don't I think that don't. they're a playoff team, but I don't care. But this year is all about the exploration, and Dex, I've said this to you a thousand times, the exploration of where you're going and what you have. And with Jason, you knew. 
And Jason was not going to be a long-term guy here because you're right. He was the perfect guy to trade. And what would what would have made Jason untradeable? I'll bring it back to one thing. If he had the hands to go with the speed, his speed's phenomenal. But ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you number 22, Kevin Fiala. You want to see hands, and we don't see these much here, okay? No. Nope. We didn't see them a lot with North Star players, and we sure as hell don't see them with wild players. But if you're thinking to yourself, well, what's like what like what's a special? What's a special player? Show me spe- show me something special with a player's hands. Go back and watch the, I believe it was a second wild goal in the second period on Sunday night against the Colorado Avalanche, and you will see one of the prettiest goals scored by a wild player, I believe, in their history, and that goes back 20 years now. So Jason had Jason has great speed, would have the basically what? It seemed like he averaged a breakaway per game, yeah, and he would probably score on a few of those. But, you know, he didn't have the fantastic hands. He had good, nice hands, not great hands. Uh, but, yeah, I think everything you said comes back to being absolutely true, which is when you look at, when you look at this roster and you look at replenishing this franchise, basically. And this does come back to, and we we could talk about this. This does largely come back to Jason Zucker ended up paying the price for Chuck Fletcher's sins, which were what trading away draft picks and anything else he could because there were, the Wild was always that one or two guys it felt like at the deadline away from being a contender that could make a playoff run. And at some point in time, whether that was going to be Paul Fenton, who got one year and then got fired, or now it's Billy Guerin, at some point in time, players were going to have to pay that price. And you know what? If he didn't have a complete no move, my guess, Zach Parise would be gone too. But he does. Mm -hmm. Koivu might have been gone two years back. Last year, I should say. So the reality is, to your point, you look at your roster and you say, Okay, this guy has, in Jason's case, I think it was a 10-team no-trade, which didn't include Pittsburgh. And you know who could be next now? Eric Stahl. If they could find a taker for Stahl. Because all of these things take you back to paying for the sins of what Chuck Fletcher did, which was too many years left you unable to accrue potential talent. And I guess that's a a good transition, too, because uh, one of our guys commenting on our Facebook feed asks, Stahl, could we move him? Could we move Eric Stahl? And I've kind of been on the record of, all right, especially if you've just got rid, gotten rid of Jason Zucker, you, you just got with a one top six guy. Yes, Kaprizov theoretically replaces him. It's still not pen to paper. We don't know if he's coming over. I would say it's a 90% chance, but still I see still I see that 97. Here in the state of hockey, signing that contract on July 1st, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Um, so if you're going to trade now Eric Stahl and you have zero centers who are essentially ready to take the next step, Conan's playing center out of necessity. Joel and Eck, I think, is playing well with his role. Would I like to see him maybe get a little bit elevated minutes? Sure, but I also think he's got a really good thing going for him right now, and maybe it's not necessary to screw up that development. So if you're going to trade Eric Stahl, yep. now I'm more inclined to a hockey trade, which is player for player. So no draft picks. I'm looking for another center in return who either is knocking on the door, ready for to be in the NHL, or is another young established center who maybe got lost in the shuffle, <laughs> got buried on the line, and can be plugged and played into this lineup, essentially into a top six role. So if you want to trade Eric Stahl, I think that would be the route I want to take. I know you've had a little bit of a different view because you, you you want to get rid, not get rid of anyone for the sake of getting rid of them. You're entertaining with getting rid of pieces that just make you better as a franchise as a whole long term. But yes. for me, if I'm Bill Guerin and I get a call about Eric Stahl tonight from Winnipeg or Columbus, whoever the hell you want it to be, sure. I want a player back. Okay, let me take you uh, down this path, though, because... 
I think the last time that we talked about this, and this has been your your uh, opinion, I think, for at least two or three weeks now. Um, the acquisition of Galchenyuk, if you're going to keep him now, so let's say you're not going to flip him because I think that you could if you wanted to, but let's say you're not going to flip him before Feb 24. You could easily just plug him in into Stahl's place because you don't really care that much. Right. And the reality is, and Galchenyuk, I don't think is a disaster. The problem with Stahl and the thing that you don't know, but the thing that has to scare you, Dex, is he does go through these periods, these weeks where he's fabulous still. But against the Avs, man, he was overmatched. Mm-hmm. It was ugly. It wasn't. I mean, he looked he looked his age. Um, and so if you come to me with a high draft pick, if I got and I, I don't know if it's true or not, but there has been a long held rumor out there that Fenton uh, signed Stahl to a contract extension instead of trading him to Boston for a first round pick again. This was last trade deadline, and it would have been, excuse me, a late first-round pick. But if that's true, and somebody comes to me with a first-round pick for Stahl, and let's say it's a team that's a contender, so it's going to be a late pick, I take that pick because I can just plug Galchenyuk in now. Because this is such a fringe-type play. There's no real sense in trying to make a run. I'm not saying destroy it for the sake of destroying it, but your fan base right now, this trade tonight, I I think it's going to do as much to invigorate some of your fan base as make some of them mad, but you go to games at the X now and she ain't full. Mm-mm. It's not like people She's are seen like better days. Oh yeah. It's not like people are on the edge of their seats saying, man, we're just about a playoff team. So if you come to me and I can trade Eric Stahl to you and you're going to give me a first round draft pick. Now I'm plugging Galchenyuk into that position and I'm taking it. So what I, I think what I've heard about Galchenyuk too, is he's been playing mostly wing in Pittsburgh. And I believe Michael Russo of The Athletic noted that in his brief conversations, I, it might have been with Rutherford, he noted this on, on Twitter shortly after the trade, that they that Guerin and the Wild view him as a wing as it stands right now. Sure. Now, I, I think um, with the way the Wild also use their forwards That's as centers say. and, and centers as forwards. They forced a place. And Cunnan was doing great on wing, and he's a center. Galchenyuk, by, by hockey standards, is an old man. So I don't think that they would have a real problem so, saying, go play center for the rest of the season. So I, I think that he isn't locked in on a wing or a center by any means. Sure. Um, what I what I do want to see, because he's playing so um, sparingly in Pittsburgh, is you do have to give this kid minutes, too. Uh, he's playing Gelsenyak? 11 minutes. Yeah, Gelsenyak. Oh, absolutely. He's playing top 11 six. minutes in Pittsburgh. Top he should six. he should be so if playing. So I trade stall, he gets top six. He should be playing 14 to 15 minutes a night at a minimum. Um, now, no and, and, and there's going to be growing pains. We saw us with Kevin Fiala at the beginning of the season where he'd go, he'd play very well. He'd be scratched or he'd be benched. There'd be growing pains with them. I'm not sure how Bruce Boudreau handles an acquisition like this because Galchenyak, although knocking on the door of being 26 years old this week is an established player. Kevin Fiala up until even right now is not an established player. We don't know really who he is. He's finally starting to turn a corner and looks like we uh, fleeced Nashville for a trade with Mikhail Granlin. Well, we think he's a phenomenal another trade, talent. No, another topic I want to uh, get into later. The but bloggers aren't going to like you. No, no, they won't. But I do think that Galchenyuk needs significant minutes to, to prove what he can do here. Yep. And and there's no fault in me. If, if I go into this summer and things go right yep. and you can get him for a two-year, kind of like what they did with Eric Stahl when he first signed here, a two-year, $6 million, three AAV deal, I'm I'm intrigued if he can actually perform to up to a level. So, the what Wild's next game is on Tuesday night. They're going to play host to the Golden Knights at the X. Um, let's go through this now because last night against Colorado on Sunday night, Greenway had been moved to right wing, although he's a left-handed shot. Zucker started the game on the fourth line at left wing. Donato started the game on 
left wing on the second line. Cunnan was in the middle, if I'm not mistaken, of that line. Now, as I said earlier, uh, Donato and Zucker were flip-flopped, I think, in the second period of that game. But with Zucker now out of the equation, all right, Greenway, does this mean Greenway can move back to the left wing? Cunnan can move back to the right wing, and you can put Galchenyuk at center for now? So your your centers, unless you're going to play Galchenyuk at the wing, in which case, because the one thing that you said that's exactly right is this team doesn't hesitate to play guys at center. I would almost rather get, if you think this through, I would almost rather get Cunning back to the wing mm-hmm. because Galchenyuk I can play with. I'm not real concerned about him. Yeah. Like he's my, I can, I can play His him. His development's established. Exactly. So I could, so just thinking this through out loud, because I'd like Greenway to get back to the left wing if possible, right? Um, and now Cunning can go back to the right wing because he, he's a right-handed shot. And Galchenyuk, you could re- you could put it center if you want again with Zucker gone. I think that's all correct. I think what will ha- probably happen, at least for Tuesday's game against the Golden Knights, who are here on Tuesday. Very good. 50 I'm proud years of you. old, huh? How about that? Yeah, get, get, you know, there's a guarantee you make it to 50. There's no guarantee you make it to 60. That's so true. I've told you that. All right. So I, I think how I would look at it for at least Tuesday's game, because Galchenyuk at the best is on a flight right now to Minneapolis and probably is taking the red eye in or probably even uh, an early flight tomorrow. I would bet that Stahl, Cunning, and Eck, and obviously uh, Miko Koibu are your four centers on Tuesday night. Okay. I think Galchenyuk probably just starts on the second wing with maybe Cunning and Zuccarello, but I I wouldn't be surprised if by Thursday's game that is switched up where now it's Stahl, Galchenyuk, Eck, and maybe, yeah, maybe you put... See, this is where it becomes a little confusing. I'd like to put the young players back in places they're most comfortable and play them as much as I possibly can, if that makes sense to you. I think what I would do is, as I have line combinations up here, reckless line combinations, I think I keep Parisi, Stahl, and Fiala together up top. That doesn't that doesn't change. That's in pen. Yep. Then on the second line, I would go... I would go... Donato? Donato, yep. Donato, Galchenyuk, Zuccarello. Yeah. Right. I think you're saying the same thing I am. And then Greenway, Eck, Cunnan. Then the geek line gets reunited. And then Felino, Koivu, Hartman. Yes. That, so would, that would be my... And they actually might keep Felino third line left wing. Sure. Put Greenway, Greenway. down to fourth, which, which, by the way, I'm not going to quibble with. No, I'm not either. But I just like the fact that this gives you the opportunity to put people in positions where, at least positionally, they're more comfortable. And if Galchenyuk is a little bit out of position at center, I would rather have that than Cunnan out of position at center. Um... Because I want Cunning as comfortable as possible. Cunning has the dilemma of this. I love the kid, okay? And he He's, plays really hard. Yeah, I'm a big, big fan of him. His dilemma is the fact that how many scoring chances has he failed to capitalize on that Cunning. I think are this close to going? But Cunning. I, or I'm, I'm sorry, Cunning. Yeah. How many uh, Cunning scoring chances does he come this close to capitalizing on that I think a year from now go in? Sure, I, I, I think so. I think so, and I also believe the metrics that I've looked at and how I've looked at him play tells me that this is a this is a special player here. This is a, a good building block player. I don't think he's the not a game breaker as we love to be no, by no, Kevin Fiala, but he's sort of a he's more of the Parisi mold though. Like, yeah, he works his ass off, right? And obviously that would still be I think a dream scenario. But I I think he's one of the core players that you can build around for future years. So yeah. uh, not to sidetrack you, but look at all the Fletcher guys that are gone right now: Nino, Coyle, Granlin, Halla. Zucker even. I mean, let's put Zucker in the, in the Fletcher guy. I believe he was dra- one of his first draft class was Jason Zucker out of Denver. So I, I I do think he's one of those core guys. 
Now we're starting to get established the leftovers that Gil Guerin, Bill Guerin inherited yep. from Fenton. And Cunning is definitely one of those guys that I am not inclined to move. I, I think no. Eck, I think Fiala, Eck, and Cunning are three guys that I, I'm satisfied with what I've seen this year, and I know there's more. It's Greenway and Donato that I'm, I'm just, I, I don't want, it's not like I want to bail on them. They just haven't impressed me enough to say, I want this See, guy long term. I don't think you've seen enough of Donato to know that, which is why I want him playing more. I guess. And this whole thing of if his biggest fault is he's weak on the wall, one, he's still young. And two, I love the fact he'll shoot the puck. Like, watch games Very now. Very refreshing, Here's, yes. I keep telling you this, man, but you know how crazy it drives me? And, and I, saw, I saw Sunday with my own two eyes. I saw Nathan McKinnon, one of the great players that there is right now. In my mind, one of the five price of admission guys. I agree. I saw him get the puck after Brodeen's stick broke. So it's Nathan McKinnon, and I've got the puck. I'm McKinnon. I've got the puck and my stick, and I'm stick handling. And you're Brodeen, and you're skating backwards, desperately trying to stop me, but you don't have your stick. He crossed McKinnon crosses the blue line, pulls up in the wild zone, stops and tries to make a play. Instead of just driving right at Brodeen, who didn't have a hockey stick. I'm so sick of guys not shooting the damn puck when they should and trying to razzle-dazzle you. And what I love about Donato is he just gets the puck and goes and shoots it. He'll rifle it. And, and to me, give him, give him a shot. And, okay, he's weak on the boards. He could get stronger. Now, where I'll come around to your side and say this is, and I like this kid, but, man, the up and down of Greenway does concern me. Yeah. Because there's far too many games where he just disappears. And then when he applies himself, he's fantastic. But then he'll disappear again. So I think Donato, in my mind, this Zucker trade, creates even more opportunity to hammer away at playing Donato. And you know what, Bruce? If he screws up, he screws up. This ain't about, and I know you're in the last year of your contract, but this ain't about you and this ain't about 2019-20. This is about playing the kid and finding out. And to circle back, I think Bill Guerin has very much said, we got to play the kids. I agree. This sets up perfect. It does. And it's now what more dominoes, I think, do you want to get rid of? Do what, what more dominoes are expendable, and what and what do you want to get back? Well, def- I, a defenseman's next. I think defenseman's next. And then for me, um, I, I would, if you're the Wild 2, and I know we touched briefly on goaltending earlier, and we can kind of maybe wrap up on this topic. I am, it's, it's my opinion, if when I'm building my reckless hockey team, that goaltending is probably the last big piece of the puzzle that you have to go out and get. Don't reach for goaltending. What I'm saying <laughs> is don't reach for goaltending until you're ready for it. And teams do that. And teams do do that. That's not, a, that's not a hot take no. by me, but I, I, you need the right window, and also you need to get the right guy in here. Staylock and Dubnik have been below league average goaltending goaltenders this year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's to, to be honest, if the Wild just had average goaltending, they probably have about five, six more points than they do right now. And Capo Kakinen had a nice little showing out of Iowa, and Dubnik was away from the team. I think it'd be awfully surprising if if Staylock or Dubnik go anywhere this deadline. I it, it would it would probably be pretty shocking. Well, I me. wouldn't trade j- just on a human perspective. Dubnik, yeah. I wouldn't trade because you know his wife's been ill, which is why I don't understand why they keep going back to him like he's going to get on a roll. I mean, I I feel empathy for him. How can you expect goaltending, man? How can you expect a guy to concentrate in goal? 
when your wife's sick. I know. Like if you're and it's the most mentally taxing athletes struggle. Their parents are sick. Yeah, yeah. This is your wife, right? And you got kids. I agree. And so this whole notion that let's just we'll ride Devin again. No, for this year that's not even fair. Not saying he can't play. All right, so don't hear me as saying he can't play, but j- just to say, well, he's got to get hot. I don't think he can. Right. We have no idea how she's doing, and hopefully she's doing great. But the ups and downs of a family member, your wife being sick, I'm not, one, I'm not trading him, and two, I'm not asking him to do something that I don't think he could probably do right now. I think the only way it really happens is if Devin said, hey, can you at all facilitate a trade to get me? I don't know where the Dudniks reside. I'm guessing it might be in Minnesota, but it could be in Canada. I'm not I sure. I think they're all here right now, though. But let's just say let's just say that in a fantasy world, they lived back in Edmonton. Oh, okay, yeah. No. And, and Devin said, yeah. you know what? Can you get me back closer to home? And I know <coughs> gotcha. my value, might that might shrink what you want in return, but I need to be close to my wife and family. That's probably the only way that a trade like that would work. And she's definitely here. So. And and But but you're not going to be able to see Cockett until one of those two goaltenders gets moved either. The Rangers have three goaltenders up right now, you know. I don't want to do that. They've got three goaltenders. That's not necessary. Right now. That's not necessary. I don't want Capo sitting on the bench and already we already have a dilemma with both those goaltenders getting adequate playing time or or at least a disagreement on okay. on the playing time of those goaltenders. I'll go down your path though. And you know what? The goaltending you can find. Eventually yeah. you'll find you'll get the, the goaltender. Because this is way more to me about replenishing the organization as a whole, which again is why I'm thrilled by this trade. It starts to do that. It starts to get you key components. It gets you another first-round pick. You know, because God knows there have been years where you have not had enough draft picks, let alone first-round picks. So, yeah, I I do think the goaltending this season, for various reasons, definitely lacking. It's definitely going to have to be built uh, up at some point in time, and you're going to have to find a top goaltender. But you got time for that. This is about, I think, getting Kaprasov here, getting this kid defenseman here, maybe trading a defenseman. And, you know, again... Declan, if you trade if you trade Brodeen to Toronto or something, you're going to get a lot back. Yep, you can get more draft picks back, probably more, probably at least another top prospect back. So now you're talking about being in pretty damn good shape. Couple notes here as we wrap up too from uh, our friends at the Athletic, Scott Wheeler, uh, who does a good prospect ranking of of all the NHL teams. I believe he's on into his top ten right now. Uh, he has uh, Addison. Uh, who the Wild just acquired from uh, the Penguins as the Minnesota's number three or four prospect. Uh, just last week, he ranked all the prospects, Kaprizov being one, I believe Matthew Boldy being two, the Wild's first-round pick, who I believe is at BU this yeah, year. BCBU, I always forget exactly when I get it mixed up. Um, not a great season. And then this other note, too, from Michael Russo of The Athletic, who said Galchenyuk will make his debut tomorrow. Boudreaux will have some quotes in his story, but he'll likely slide into Zucker's second-line left-wing spot. So they view him as a wing to start. I bet that just makes the transition easier, Judd, but I do For think long-term, yeah. this guy's going to be a center. Ryan Donato should be your second-line left-wing. Let me say that right now. Ryan Donato, Bruce. I think if Galchenyak can at least get his legs back under him, I really like an idea of Zuccarello, Galchenyak, and Donato on paper. I do like that idea. Should we go through some tweets here before sure. we wrap up? Yeah. Nathan Stratton tweets us, I don't think Jordan Greenway would scare you as much if we didn't live through all the seasons with Charlie Coyle. Yeah. He's right about that. He's but, correct. But but weren't those seasons also a cautionary tale? Yeah. Of a big man who shows up and I asked, sometimes? And I asked you on the last one time we did on Friday that if he, if he was, you know, five inches smaller and less than 30 pounds, would we even care? You know, would we would even be that upset about his shortcomings in this game? I don't think he'd be in, in the game. league. Also you? relevant. Also a good point. I don't... Um, Let's see here. I'm just going through the. It, it looks like for the most part, people are pretty pleased with with this trade. Uh, swing and a miss says nice trade. Um, 
Still amazed that you can do the full hair swipe and it falls back into place. Oh, I thought that's for me. That's for you. Yep. I, my hair is polished um, and good. The, uh, this tweet says, Jason Zucker will be great in Pittsburgh like the other players traded, doing well with their new team. Well, that's not necessarily true. Granlund has uh, popped back up and played well of late, but Granlund up until, what, two weeks ago or so it's was having a, a miserable ghost. season. Nino has not had a great year, and I think Charlie Coyle is a solid player in Boston. That's yeah, fine. he fits well. The expectation for Charlie Coyle here was very different. Yeah, right? his ceiling just got cut off. That's so correct. That's just uh, some of the reaction that we've gotten so far to this trade tonight. Uh, Ron Lawrence Rubin, who's a very loyal uh, Twitter follower follower of ours and tweets us a lot, says, "Remember, Alex Galchenyuk is only twenty five. Was third overall by Montreal. Sometimes it takes the right fit." He's got 28 games to prove it is the right fit. That's exactly right. I agree with him. I don't think that's a wrong assessment. Um, I think that's about it. So, But anyway, yeah, so the trade, again, if you did not hear it, Jason Zucker this evening as we uh, do this on Monday traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in return for left wing slash center Alex Galchenyuk, who is 25 years old, not having a great season, but a, a veteran player. Uh, prospect defenseman Kalen Addison, who is playing junior hockey right now, and you said bumps up to where in the prospect list for the Wild? The third best, the third, the fourth best prospect. And also, and this is incredibly important, a conditional first round selection in 2020, which could be deferred to 2021 if the Penguins miss the playoffs. They make it but they're not going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. And so the Wild in this trade is going to get Galchenyuk, who, so Russo's reporting he's going to play tomorrow night? Yep, play tomorrow and on the left Vegas. wing. Okay. Um, uh, prospect defenseman and a first round pick in 2020. Overall, bravo, Bill Guerin. Fine, fine work. Fine and work, young man. This is probably the start of at least a couple trades that will be made before the February 4th trade deadline comes up. This is actually made two weeks out. And you can follow all along right here on Judd's Hockey Show. We do a full show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Score North. We also do our one-timer editions. This was an extended, I guess, one-timer Ooh, edition. This, this was a whole, a, this was 60 minutes, baby. This is a this bag skate. This was icing, baby. Yeah, yeah, this is a bag skate. So uh, find us wherever you find the podcast. I- iTunes, Apple, Spotify, uh, Score North mobile app. Yeah, and also and on don't Tuesdays. Ventline, 11 a.m. tomorrow. Call us. Which you can find on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Also, the Score North mobile app. And finally, old school, Score North on 1500. We will talk a ton about this trade on Ventline. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Write this number down for reference tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. 651-646-8255. I'm Judd. He's Declan. He just got up, but he is the man who, at least three weeks ago, basically told Bill Guerin, go make this trade. Billy showed that he could follow orders by making the trade tonight. We will talk to you later. Thanks for joining us. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. Developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.